This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite Jiu-Jitsu podcast, Fistful of Collars. Today, today we have a special, special guest. Today is going to be an awesome podcast because we have the reigning ADCC absolute champion, the three-time ADCC champion, What's up, guys? Gordon <laughs> Ryan is here, everybody. Applause, please. Applause. <laughs> I'm Gordon, also here, bro. guys, as usual. Yes, so. Chase is over here, too, as well. Chase is here. My name's Reed. But uh, Gordon's here. Gordon, man, thanks for coming in. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. You've been here to Austin before. You've been on the podcast before, so this is not your first rodeo, right? Yes, yeah. The uh, the last time I was here for more than a day, I was just getting my arm broken by Craig Jones. Oh, so it's uh, good to be here not doing that. <laughs> just a minor hand issue today, right? Yeah, yeah. Just a broken hand, not a broken arm. Nice. Okay, so you like Austin? When You've spent here a little bit of time here? Yeah, I love Texas. Nice. Um, I mean, anything pretty much for me is better than New York. So, uh you know, I'm always happy to travel to Austin, Dallas, anywhere in Texas, really. It's a little cool. It's a little cool for us right now, but... Yeah, it's getting cold in New York, so it's, like, perfect for me. I can, like, still, like, rock my biceps, and <laughs> I don't have to wear a sweatshirt. I can be, you know, moderately uh, moderately clothed. You're yeah. telling us you need to put back on size since ADC that you actually got a little bit, little bit smaller. Yeah, yeah. I ever, wouldn't know that, but... Ever, ever since the... Uh, ever Thank since you the for food. bringing your biceps, by the way. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> ever since the uh, the food poisoning and just traveling in general, it's been hard to, like, maintain my diet. I'm, like, still, like, under 215. I'm, like, still under the ADCC weight. So I'm, like, trying to get back up to my big boy weight again at, like, 230 and, you know, go from there. Man, well, it's obviously off- awesome to have you here in the uh, in the podcast room we got going um so much happened with you recently of course we just wrapped up adcc um we've been we've been debriefing these last couple weeks and uh, man just i don't know was this the most incredible jiu-jitsu tournament you've, you've ever been a part of let's start there uh yeah i think i think so hands down you know um just from for me personally just to go out and to finally get the one nogi title that i didn't have was great um to get the adcc absolute title which is pretty much the most prestigious thing that you can win in the sport mm-hmm. um and then uh you know, just as a production like the event as a whole um was like a real step up from not only the lat like the previous adccs but just like pretty much any tournament that we've had um stands were packed yeah uh we had like a full like people were, they were doing the drums, like a dr- the entrances with the drums, um, for the uh, and smoke screen and everything for the uh, for the walkouts for the finals. So um, it was great. It like reminded me of like like the old Pride events, where, like they would do like these crazy walkouts in Japan. So uh, it was great. Yeah, the atmosphere was unrivaled, man. It was it was crazy to be there. Was it? Um, 
easier to fight at home in the U.S. versus like going to Finland the year before? Oh man, or yes, before? Um, for sure. Uh, you know, for Finland, I was like, it was doing 88 kilograms, so I had to do a 20, 25 pound weight cut. And for me, like when I, whenever I fly, I, my body always retains a bunch of water. Uh, so the flight to Finland was like 16 mm. hours or something. And you guys taught a bunch of like um, seminars, and you guys were out there for a little while. Yeah, yeah, we stayed. Uh, we stayed around uh, one of the schools that one of the refs owned, mm. Yanni, and uh, we taught a seminar there the week before, and then uh, we migrated to wherever the event was. It was like another three, four-hour drive or something like that, where I retained a bunch of water again from like taking the car ride, and I kind of like cut weight and you know get rid of that. But it was definitely a lot easier this time in California. Yeah, just a six-hour flight, stay in the house, and then. Go to the event. Yeah, you guys had a pretty sweet pad. I it looked like it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was like way better than like even a hotel because we had so many. The whole team was competing, so yeah. it ended up being like seventy dollars a night each for like each person. So it was like way better than staying in a hotel and everything. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure if you if you were gonna be. You know, I was curious to see how, how it was gonna go. If, if the you know the fans at in the arena were gonna you know love you or, or hate you or you know because we were in California. Yeah, and, you know it's so crazy. The uh, I've never had one hater talk shit to me in person. I mean, like, <laughs> even if someone came up and they're like, hey, you suck, like, you'll never win anything in the gi, like, I would just laugh. But, like, <laughs> no one ever does it anyway. So. Anything, huh? But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, felt, uh, I felt love from the crowd. I felt like when I walked out on the mats and I started, like, interacting with the crowd that, uh, you know, they were happy. Everyone was cheering. So it was, uh, it was a great atmosphere. How about that, that first – no, no, the second day, right? You were on the mats, I believe, for this, the start – of the second day, yeah. it was like the craziest um, thing. It was yeah, like you it was, had Bushesha, it was me, Lucas, Kane, and Bushesha, and Nicky Rod and Cyborg, and then, all and the it, same mat. It all was the like same time. yeah, it was ten o'clock in the morning. The place was packed. You know, in there. yeah, yeah it, it was awesome. It was just like oh my god. You, it was like twice as big as the first day. Like exactly. it was way more people than the first day. I remember I looked outside when when uh, the line was forming at like nine o'clock of the first day. And I was like oh man, there's a line. And then nine o'clock the second day, I was like dude, la- that line yeah. is like three times as no, long. Yeah, it was packed. Yeah. It was packed full second day. And so I, I, I was just like sitting there on the mat, and I was like, "Which mat do I look at?" Like you know, there's just so much going and on. I was actually like in my match with Lucas, and like nothing. I knew that the crowd wasn't like freaking out for our match because there like wasn't anything going on. So like everyone's screaming, and I know Nicky Rod's competing right next to me. I'm like, "Oh, it must be him." So I'm like, tr- I'm like competing against Lucas, but I'm like looking over. I'm like, I'm like, what's going on over there? I'm like yeah. trying not. To, I'm like trying to focus on my match, but I'm like looking at like Nicky Rod cartwheeling out of arm bars and stuff on the other side. <laughs> Man, Nicky Rod was something else. I came out of nowhere and made a yes. huge, huge name for himself. Yeah. But you knew that coming in, right? You had you had high hopes for him. Yeah. So, and you also called Kynan too. I feel like I feel like I talked to you right b- the the day before, and you called Kynan too. I feel like. Maybe I'm making that up. But. No, no. Um, yeah, I, yeah, you did, no, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, Kanan's definitely, uh, you know, he's, like, always, like, a dark horse because he's so young and, like, relatively inexperienced at black belt, but he's fucking good. Um, so, you know, he's he's always one of my favorites, and, uh, you know, now he, of course, he has to be everyone's favorite. He won Worlds and he won ADCC in the same year, so, um, you know, he has to be a favorite now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Nicky Rod is, I was telling people about him, I, I, He's still so relatively new. Like yeah. going in, I could see him like making just like a rookie mistake and like losing, like getting points scored on him and then getting stalled out or something. Um, but I could also see him going in and giving a lot of guys a lot of trouble. So that's what he did. He went in and uh, <laughs> he gave a guy, he, <laughs> gave, he gave exactly a lot of guys a lot did, of trouble. Right? So uh, you know, going training with him, it's so strange. Like he moves his body so well and just like instinctually moves. And he's like one of the hardest guys to submit upper body. Like he's like try to like strangle him or 
like going for arm bars or anything on him. It's just it's just so difficult to submit that guy. Um, he moves well. He has a good instinct for uh, avoiding bad positions. A very good instinct for um, chasing the back, like he always is hunting the back, and he. It's just like essentially grappling a wild animal that can do strangles. Yeah, I got to go to your, you guys' um, training camp there a, a little bit before ADCC, and it just it looked like to me that you together you two were like the perfect training partners for each yeah. other because you you're obviously so much more technical, you know, and that's what Nikki needs. But like you know, Nikki is this the big, physicality. Yeah, yeah. Is the physicality, and that's for, what you're gonna for experience. the last camp. I didn't have any big guys. Like everyone who was big wasn't very good, mm-hmm. um, and then the good guys like Gary and Nikki were all tiny. Uh, but for this one, like, he was, like, you know, good, hard to submit, um, had cardio. Like, he wouldn't just die in the first couple of minutes. And uh, really hard to deal with. It was great. Yeah, it seemed like the perfect – like, you guys were yeah. just helping each other. And then it, it paid off in the end, I guess. Did you give him uh, any advice going into ADCC? Any, any game plan-specific ideas? Or you just tell him to go in there and bang? Uh, well, I told him he should probably learn the rules. Because Nicky Rod like doesn't even know the rules or the time <laughs> Did limits he for to like you? no no <laughs> he doesn't know like the rule the rule sets or like the time limits for any of the matches and I'm like dude you gotta learn what the rules are like he's like nah I'm just gonna go out and fuck everybody up I'm like all right well <laughs> I mean I mean and it works I can't even criticize him but yeah, uh, true. uh to go in and to keep a high pace of the heavyweights was the main thing yeah. um he has some unrivaled cardio and to keep a, a high pace going against the heavyweights was was really the big thing. Mm-hmm. You got to see a little sneak peek of uh, of this movie we're working on. Yes, this it's going to be amazing. What did you think of this little? little, little, was, little? It was great. I like as soon as I watched it, I like immediately wanted to train. Yeah, I, like we like watched the it was like a minute long or two minute long clip of like Nikki Rod's highlights from ADCC, and I was like, all right, I'm pumped up. Like it's time to, <laughs> it's time, to, to time to train now. Yep, we got a little uh, sneak preview. Gordon saw earlier of a Nikki Rod flow film documentary that we're working on. Uh, so stay tuned for that one. Not not quite out ready for uh, for public consumption just yet, but it's coming out. Um, you know, ADCC obviously you t- we talked about you winning the absolute division, and you know when I talked to you right afterwards, you know I felt like you weren't you weren't um, riding as as high as maybe as I expected you. Uh, yeah, you I was uh, uh, disappointed, man. I didn't disappointed. I, I didn't I didn't spit Double, double gold. gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. But uh, I just wanted to now that you know now that it's kind of settled in now that a couple couple weeks removed are you able to kind of sit back and appreciate what what you did? There? I, I do appreciate it, but at the same time I'm still kind of disappointed. Um, you know I was trying to do the eight for eight like Hodger, um, and then I didn't submit Lucas, so I was like okay maybe I can go seven for eight, and uh, I went six for eight for submissions. Um, I wanted to at least take everybody's back because I knew I knew if I had like another couple of minutes I was going to finish Lucas, but. I wasn't able to get the Bouchetius back, so I had six, eight, eight matches, eight wins, six submissions, and seven back takes. So, it's, you know, I'm happy about it, but not satisfied with it. So, dang. So that was really the goal. The, the it was eight for eight. That, that's eight, what you were looking yeah, for. Yeah, that's what I was, I was looking to at least tie Hodger, um, which I don't. I'm hoping I'll never have the opportunity to do again because I don't plan on losing the super fight. Mm-hmm. So I'll never have eight matches at Abu Dhabi again if everything goes to plan. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But uh, you know. It is what it is. I got six for eight, and I'm happy, but you know, never satisfied. Speaking of which, in that that super fight, what are the chances? Do you really think uh, you and Andre will, will go head to head against one another? Andre's been talking a little bit about retirement, but he looked fired up. He looked amazing in that fight. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, I really think it's going to come down to what happens in the next two years. I think uh, I think if he sees me crushing people like non-competitively for the next two years. 
I don't think he'll show up. I think that if he sees me like struggle with some of the guys that maybe he's, he's done really well with, um, I think maybe he'll have the confidence to be like, okay, well, you know, I can go in and I can beat this guy. But we'll see. I don't really know. He's he said on multiple occasions, multiple occasions that this is his last match. Um, but at the same time, he like declined the match with me uh, for like a lot of money. So I don't know what he's thinking. Is he thinking? If I go in and I lose, will this hurt my legacy? Or if I don't compete against him, will people just think I'm scared and it's going to hurt my legacy? But it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's right now the most accomplished ADCC competitor mm. I was gonna say, of it, all time. Is this, is this a match that interests you? Are you hoping that this match happens? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I'm always looking to compete against the best guys. And Andre is someone who I've never competed against. He's like, you know, multiple generations before me. Like, he's been around since Tom's been competing. Mm -hmm. Like, he's my instructor's instructor's generation like gary was my teacher and then tom was his teacher like andre's been winning a black belt since like before i even started training so you know it's just two different generations but of course i want to compete against the best guys and right now he's you know the best guy and so it's it's not quite official yet like maybe but i mean i feel like it, it is official until it's not right it's, yeah but. it is it is he, he he agreed to do it but you know Two years is a long time, and true, a lot can happen in two years. True, true. We were talking a little bit there about Andre's legacy and how that could be affected or not, but you're at a point in your career where, where legacy is kind of taking shape, where you're really, you've moved beyond sort of making a name for yourself. You're the current, you know, dominant number one pound for pound athlete in Nogi. Are you thinking about legacy? Are you are you thinking about beyond? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, my legacy right now, as far as I as far as I'm concerned, is pretty much solidified. I mean, Marcel has. I don't know how many ADCCs he's actually competed in, but I know he has four gold medals. I mean, I have three. I have a double gold at Nogi Pans, double gold at Nogi Worlds. I mean, I have, I have just as many accomplishments as all of the guys in the running for being legends. Um, I just think it's hard for people to deal with because I'm so young, mm -hmm. um, and I've done so much already. But for me, everything is just fun from now on. You know, I'm three-time ADCC champion. Uh, I've won literally every tournament that there, every medal that there is to win without the gi. Um, so. There's not really much more I can do in terms of, you know, proving that I'm the best guy. <laughs> so what? So what interests you then now? You know, you, you, you like you said, you have accomplished quite a bit in the sport. Uh, you know, who knows what we'll see in the future for ADCC? But what what are some matches or some things that maybe interest uh, you now? So right now, um, the big thing is Hadolfo's coming up. So Hadolfo is considered one of the greatest of all time. So a match with him is always going to be uh, a big thing for me. And then uh, just. You know, continue to to beat people. Continue to be um, to prove that I'm the best in the world, and uh, also to just I feel like helping people through instructional DVDs. I think is a big thing. Um, so I'm focusing a lot on uh, making instructionals and showing people what I've been doing. Uh, you know, first initially was to prove that the things that I do work, and now um, it's to you know help improve the sport as a whole through sharing that knowledge hmm. so that's kind of my two big things now you you enjoy teaching people. yes yeah of course i feel like i don't know I didn't, maybe i didn't know that about you that yeah you yeah no yeah enjoy. I, I enjoy teaching um for multiple reasons um yeah i feel like teaching makes you a better athlete i feel like it helps improve the sport as a whole if you're a good teacher and uh you know obviously it makes me money so that's, that's <laughs> always a plus yeah, yeah um but you know just pushing the the, the sport forward um, both on and off the mats, you know, having a, a strong evolution um, in a, in the no-gi jiu-jitsu game. Um, the sport's relatively young. I mean, most most of what we do is still 
relatively amateur compared to a sport like wrestling or judo. So I'm trying to get us on, on par with that. And, um, and off the mats as well, I'm trying to get everyone paid. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. more recognition to the sport. That's, those are my main goals right now is, is to transcend jiu-jitsu into uh, a major sport per se, like something like uh, you know, football or baseball, basketball. Do you feel like you've made um, big strides? Already? Yeah, yeah. I, f- I I don't feel like we're there yet, but I definitely feel like we're getting closer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely want to bring the conversation back to comparing jiu-jitsu to wrestling a little bit later here, because that's definitely a, a point of a dialogue right now. But uh, I think one of the ways that jiu-jitsu could be a bit more professionalized and formalized is one of the things you guys are very much known for at, at Danaher's is like systematizing things, making things more regimented and planned. How do you get someone when you're when you're maybe teaching a seminar or someone comes to you for a private to to change the way they think about jujitsu into more of the the systematic style? Is that how do you go about changing that? Uh, yeah, so it's basically everyone talked about position before submission. We're we're talking about control that leads to submission. Um, so our whole uh, contention is that if you put people in these niche areas where they're not used to being, even though they've trained for three times as long as us as a whole we've trained three times as long in these certain positions so if you put these people in certain in these certain leg locking positions or certain back attack positions even though they've been training much longer than us we've had much more time in these certain domains than they have um so it's very easy to look at things when you systematize them into these niche areas versus just looking at the sport you know as a whole so it's actually kind of simpler for, for beginners maybe yes yeah of course mm-hmm. I want to throw out a couple names at you. I feel like I got it because I asked you, you know, who, who interests you these days. And I feel like the, the list of, of competitors for you to compete against is kind of getting smaller and smaller. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, there's only a couple guys. So, but you know, a guy, of course, we gotta. I gotta ask you about who you have a long history with. You know, he came up on the short end of the, the super fight um, at, at ADCC. But of course, you have a long history with with Felipe Pena. Is that something that that you want to take off? Yeah, of course. You know, Felipe. I feel like the Felipe debate is becoming more and more, more and more irrelevant. Um, you know, people don't don't want to acknowledge that since the last ADCC, Felipe has gone five and two without the gi, and I've gone thirty four and one mm-hmm. uh, without the gi. Um, so I feel like uh, you know you can't really say much about that anymore. Um, but it is a match that uh, that interests me. He has two wins over me. He's one of the only people to have a win over me without me having a win over him. So, you know, he's always a good match. Um, Vinny is always a good match because he has a win over me as well. And uh, Bushesha is always the match to make as well. Another one, yeah. Um, were you? Uh, I want to ask you about the, the uh, Andre Felipe match. What did you think of that match, and what, what was your assessment of the match? Because I, f- I feel like I'm not sure that you gave me a prediction um, when we talked. No, I didn't. But I, but I feel like you were you were you know. My prediction was that if Felipe, if they did jujitsu, Felipe had the edge in jujitsu. Yeah. But Andre had the uh, advantage in the standing. That's right. In the standing battle and the tactical battle, I feel like Andre played a, was able to play a more tactical match, and that's what, exactly what he did. Um, got a takedown, went to overtime, got a takedown, played very tactical, engaged from top, but didn't put himself in any contra- uh, in any um, compromising positions, and uh, you know edged out the win. He looked great. He exhausted Felipe, um, and just I'm not gonna say outclassed him because he didn't really do anything spectacular, but uh, he definitely he definitely won convincingly. You know, if you look at both of them at the end of the match, Felipe's laying on the floor, exhausted. 
Andre's like jumping around, like screaming, like mm -hmm. flexing. Um, so I mean, it was definitely a convincing win on Andre's part. Anything surprise you about the match? I mean, that that it went that way, or yeah. that Felipe wasn't didn't have something else in the in the can or something? I was surprised how quickly uh, Felipe fatigued. I feel like he got tired really fast, and uh, there wasn't really much merit for it. I felt like uh, like Galvao wasn't really doing too much. Like the hand fighting wasn't anything insane. The pace of the match wasn't really anything high. Andre did keep a relatively high pace throughout the match, but it was something that I felt like. Pena didn't really didn't really have a reason to be that tired. Like it wasn't it wasn't like an insane match where they were scrambling up and down. I mean, there's a couple exchanges where Andre had takedowns and Pena was trying to get back up, but it wasn't like you know it wasn't insane like just scramble, 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 scramble. Um, so I mean, I think that uh, the only thing that surprised me was the amount of uh, fatigue that the panel looked to seem to have by the end of the match. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Would you uh, take any cues from Andre? I feel like he was really successful with like the, the collar ties and pulling his head down, exhausting Felipe in that sense. Anything that you would uh, borrow in a potential matchup from Felipe? Um, yeah, I mean, Andre did a good job of avoiding Felipe's guillotine because um, Felipe does, he submitted Lucas Barboza, he submitted a couple guys with guillotine, so it's something he has been working on. Uh, I think just the constant fainting and the, and the snapping of the head makes a big difference. And, uh, you know, as far as jiu-jitsu, not really, because it was just uh, passing attempts that were stifled. So not really too much there, but definitely the standing position, just the constant fainting and snapping of the head was the big thing. I definitely want to bring it back to uh, your, your match with Bouchesha. That was one of the most anticipated matchups kind of ever in our sport, I'd say, and we we're all very happy to see it happen. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that match now? Um... You know, looking back, uh, I feel that uh, he came in pretty hard. Like, he like shot into a body lock pass, and then uh, he was, like, really trying to engage for the first few minutes. But, like, after the first Sumigeshi, where I swept him, like, clean into mount, and then put, like, a lot of, like, heat on him from passing positions, I felt like after that, when he stood back up, he was like, okay, now I have to be, like, I have to be careful. Like, that, was a, that, wasn't, that wasn't good. Um, so I felt like what caused him to be conservative for the majority of the match was the initial sweep that kind of caught him off guard. Did you find it fulfilling the way that match played out? Did you enjoy it? Can you enjoy um, it now? Not really. Uh, you know, I, I never want to win on points or by ref decision or, or you know, even by negative. Um, you know, it is hard to do jiu-jitsu with someone who is not really willing to engage. But uh, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. You know, giving up 50 pounds is, is not an easy, easy thing to do. Absolutely. I feel like we could just go uh, match by match here. But I, do, I did want to ask you about the match. With Gary Tonin, of course. Oh, yes. yeah. Well, you know, yes. I feel like that one was um, a great match, of course. When, I, when we saw that, that one was coming on there. You know, I saw some people criticizing the, the match. A Everyone little. thinks the match is fake. So, but so tell it's, us. It's not, it wasn't a fake match. Um, it was one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever had to do. Whoa. Um, Gary has been so good to me. He's been, he's helped me so much. And, uh, you know, competing against him, like, it would have been moralistic if it was a fake match. Like, you have to remember... Gary's 50 pounds lighter than me mm -hmm. and has been training for MMA for the last two years. Like, what it, like, and I, we train together all the time. Like, when people actually try to do jujitsu with me, that's when I work my best. When people try to stall me out is when there's a lack of action. But he went to, he went in and he, he tried to right finish in, me huh? and uh, he got his back taken. You know, that's, that's how it goes. And, you know, that's how it goes in training. If we train hard, I mean, I don't know what to tell people. It, was, it would, definitely was a real match. But you said that it was one of the hardest things that, that you've ever had to do. How come? That's because the the relationship that you and yeah, Gary I just don't like to go out there and you know submit someone who is my coach mm -hmm. um, like that in such a short amount of time. 
with having like that that much of a one-sided match um but you know sorry we just had uh <laughs> so we had a lot of barbecue. We had a huge barbecue lunch <laughs> we're, we're still recouping from and the barbecue. um but you know going out and competing against someone who is my coach and someone who is my mentor and who's helped me a lot um you know on and off the mat coming up um and having a match like that like that was like so one-sided was just like i don't want to do that like mm -hmm. it, you never you never like to do that to your friends how about Gary's performance? I just, no, I was just gonna say, yeah. if it wasn't for for Lachlan, I think Gary would have stolen the show in, in many ways. You know, he had a absolutely riveting performance, looked phenomenal, especially considering that he had been training mostly for MMA the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, he had uh, the quickest submission on Edwin. I think it was like fourteen seconds or something. What do you think about that one? And it was phenomenal. I mean, he had an underhook, so everyone was probably going to flying triangle him. So it could have went the other way mm. pretty easily. He, but, he drills uh, that a lot. He, that's a, that's a movie he does all the time. Or? Gary? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We drill it. We don't allow it in live training because of the risk of falling on people's knees. Yeah. Um, but he definitely, he definitely, uh, we, we draw all the time, and that's one of his best moves. Crazy. So, um, Crazy. That, that was, was that awesome. was exciting. And then the match with Canuto was a barn burner, also. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, what do you expect? Um, what were the expectations for for Gary going in there? Because you, you know he was in MMA, he he did have other focuses and things, and I feel like hadn't been in in the world. But to see him come out with a bronze medal as, as you know the best he'd ever done, yeah. you know, was that surprising to you guys? Or no, I mean he's still been he still trains grappling full time. Like he does, he just adds the MMA on, so he's, yeah. he's still been training grappling, even though his main focus is uh, is MMA now. Um, he still trains every session with us, and then he just does MMA after. So he just had two more years of progression, and uh, you know I couldn't be more happy for him. I think uh, I think the match with JT was very close. He uh, mm. he like, had a fully extended knee bar to end of the match, and I think yeah. pretty sure JT had his hand up to tap, but uh, he just needed a few more seconds to get through, and it was dead to rights. He had both legs controlled, but uh, just wasn't enough time. What was this this one um, like? Because in 2017, you know it was kind of. It was kind of just just you, really, from from the team yeah. who, who who excelled and, and did well. And this time around, you know, you had of course Craig um, came away with a medal, a guy you've been working with the whole time yes, as well. Yeah. Of course, Gary, your, one of your mentors, Nikki Rod, came away with a medal. You know, I know um, Nick, Nikki, um, your brother didn't didn't come away with a medal, but still an impressive performance. Yeah. What was was this one a little bit more fulfilling to to share the experience? Yeah, with? for sure, for sure. Um, you know, just to go out and watch my teammates do you know exceedingly well was uh was great for me i, mm -hmm. I watched how hard i uh, watched how hard these guys train and you know how hard the camp was 12-week camp was a long camp so uh, just to go out and to see them you know come closer to uh you know getting gold medals this year was uh was definitely something big and to see uh to see nicky rago out on his first uh his first go and take silver was mm -hmm. uh something mm -hmm. special for sure you mentioned it was a, a long tough camp and stuff but uh, at this you, point, you need anything, Gordon? You're, you're right. You need. No, you're, okay. We've, we've almost forgotten that you didn't know for quite a long while if you were even going to be able to compete with your knee. Yeah. How yeah. much of a factor was that? And how long did you actually get to train and prepare? To uh, it was a 12-week camp. I had about four weeks. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't going to compete. Um, all the way up until like the fourth week. Um, like four weeks out, I was like, "There's no way I'm going to be able to compete. I'm not even close to being. You know, my timing was off. My wrestling was terrible. I was just. I was awful." And then like four weeks out, I turned a corner where like Friday to Monday, I was just like, went from like not being able to do anything to just like starting to kill people. And then uh, I did a connect tournament and I felt okay. And then I was like, all right, I'm doing it. That simple. Just, yep. I'm in. Yep, I'm in. And uh, there, there was no worries from John. John had total, total there was always there There's always worries. Um, you know, my knee, my knee wasn't 100%. Um, but, you know, I was like, I'm confident I'm going to do it. I was doing really well in training and uh, I felt ready to go. 
And then you, I feel like you just had like one complication after another. You had to, you had you you broke your hand. Now you're, yeah, you, yeah. You found out afterwards, um, and you had food poisoning. What 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 was that that whole? Yeah. So injury I, after injury. It seems <laughs> yeah. like. this, this was like the worst camp of all time. Dang. Um, but you know we made it work. Uh, the everyone got the. Everyone got the uh, the yeah. eye the eye infection. Everyone mm -hmm. that was helping us, you know, do the camp, and then, um, like the last week of the camp, we were like all timid to come in and train. And then I got to the event. I had food poisoning, and it's just you know one thing after another. But I managed to make it work. Crazy. Did you feel like that that you're like, man, people just keep putting roadblocks in my yeah, way? Is, is this just not meant to be? Or yeah, I mean, I was like, hey, you know, if I do it like this, then I can do it anytime. So. I can do it at my worst. I can do it at my best. True, true. The the, the, the pink eye thing was a huge, huge, crazy thing. It's gone happened. everywhere. We got guys in yeah. Florida that have it yeah. now. I feel, like, I feel like everybody was, everybody was talking about it. it was such a big, um, you know, big thing at the tournament. You know, yeah. did you, you got it? Did you, no, I didn't have you, it. You didn't get I, it. You I, got I didn't it. have it. No, you saved two um, of it. Yeah, I was, I was, I was pretty safe. The uh, a couple of the guys got it, and. Uh, you know, I was lucky. I didn't get it. Nat didn't get it. There's a couple of guys in the house that didn't get it, and a couple of guys like uh, James, our sponsor, like got it like the last three days oh, that yeah. we were in the house. So it was just, it was brutal. Do you know how how bad what Craig was in that final? Man, was he, he mm. on the his, end of it? His, his one eye was a little bit swollen, but other than that, he was he was okay. He's okay. Yeah. He's okay. Let's talk about Craig a little bit. I feel like. Um, you look at his game and his performance from 2017 to, to now, and it's it's changed dramatically. A big improvement, yeah. yeah. Um, how, what have you seen in the training room? Like, what has he been doing differently that's evolved his game so much? Uh, just more focusing on the rule set. Um, I still believe that he needs to wrestle more. He doesn't really wrestle too much in training, but uh, you know, just focusing on the tactics and the rule set around ADCC with the camp with John is was a big uh, a big uh, improvement for sure. Absolutely, definitely showed. I mean. Um, him, what's he got to do to beat Denise? I guess it has to be more wrestling. I, I don't know. Denise. He's just got to practice on yeah, on more standing position takedown. He always loses with takedowns with Mateus, so mm. it's just more standing position. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Craig looked great out there. Anybody else surprise you or anybody else uh, impress you at, at ADCC? There's a lot, of, a lot of big performances, a lot of, a lot of crazy submissions, a lot, a lot of big things. But anybody else out there? Um, you know, I know uh, Fion. Fion submitting Dia was definitely a big. A that big, was a big uh, moment. A big match, yeah, yeah for sure. That, that was, was a huge moment. That was huge. You watched that one live? You were Matt's side for that? Or? Uh, no, I was doing something else. I don't know what it was. But, gotcha. Um, I saw the highlights of it, and it was, it was brutal. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That, it, she, like, did not tap either. Bia, Bia kept fighting it for a long yeah. time. That was a brutal submission. And then she, her arm got broken, and then she tapped. Like, if I, I, I'm a firm believer that if you're going to let something break, you may as well just let it break and then escape. Like, not just let it break and then tap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you're just, I feel like, yeah, then you just, like, have this broken arm that they're just yanking on. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and you tapped. Yeah, true. That's so it's already the worst. Um, you know, I know... Um, like at least with Craig, I let my arm break, and then I just rolled out. Like, and then you got out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, another guy in the uh, absolute division that everybody seems to be talking about is uh, this Lachlan Giles. Yes, we've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He was doing a great. He did a great job. You know, um, I, I feel like a lot of those. I mean, honestly, when you, when you look at the absolute division, those were the guys that you were supposed to yeah. fight. You, those I had the guys a hard that, time the bracket. Those are the guys that you were supposed to be to be, or, yep. or you were supposed to go up against, right? And so I feel like Lachlan kind of stole your thunder a little he bit. He did. hundred percent. Hundred percent. He did. <laughs> he had uh, the Kanan. Guardio and then Ali three in a row wow. and uh, you know he came out and he submitted you know the, all the plus ninety nine guys and he's seventy seven, um, 
you know, can't really say much. Kudos to him. Um, <laughs> you know, he lost first round in his division, and then he came back and made a made a big in, a big statement in the second day. I imagine that you, when you looked at the absolute division, you were getting ready to fight Kainan, Gaojo, yep, all those guys. But then when I saw him heal hook Kainan, uh, I was like, okay, well now he has to fight Gaudio. And Guardia doesn't really compete too much with heel hooks. Like, when I competed against him at Nogi Worlds, I entered into his legs multiple times and he had no clue what to do. And I'm like, Lachlan could heel hook this guy. And then he goes out and he heel hooks him. And I'm like, yep, I mean, I could definitely see that happening. And then Ali, Ali is even worse. Um, you know, so. Ali um, he really struggles when people attack his legs. So I was like, Lachlan could also heel hook Ali. And then he went out and did it and took bronze. <laughs> you guys, of course, uh, had a match in that, in that same division. Yes. What I'm was just, it like? I'm just a bad matchup for him. Sure. Um, I, I know. You know matchup for anybody. I know what his game is. And uh, I just believe that I'm better than him at his own game and just better everywhere else. Did it, did it feel um, unique, though? I mean, it, it seemed to take a few guys by surprise. It, did, were you uh, interested in his entries, anything like that? Uh, no, it's pretty, pretty much all standard stuff. Got it. And then. Uh, you know, he, I, I wanted to just force men to half guard and pass his guard and submit him, but he wanted to enter into my legs. So when I couldn't get him off my legs initially, I'm like, all right, well, let me try to counter leg lock him. And then when I tried to do that, then he started to respect me a little bit more. And then I got my legs out and, and forced him into half guard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the Australians, huh? Yeah. The Australians. When are they They're coming in hot? <laughs> Have you ever been to Australia? Not no? yet. You gotta go. Huh? I need like, I need like three weeks of time where I can, uh, or like have time to take a tour. I never have like three weeks free where I can just not do yeah, anything and yeah, for a long go time. to Australia. Yeah, you gotta that's on my list for sure. You gotta spend a long time down there too. Spend an extended period of time. Can't just go for yeah. a couple of days or anything. Um, the, the, Craig's back there right now, right? Back in Australia? Yeah, yeah. He was teaching at a camp in Phuket, I think. And now uh, he's back there. He's trying to figure out his visa stuff so he can get back here. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, when you look back at ADCC, is there, is there any one one moment or, or one thing that, that really sticks out out to you when you think back and you remember ADCC how are you gonna remember it I was excited about winning my finals division um, the in my, in my weight uh, just like winning ADCC for a second time and just like thinking about everyone who sold me told me that I wasn't gonna be able to do it mm. uh, especially winning by submission in the finals is always fun so that that was probably my biggest thing was winning my division for a second time in a different weight class by submission Mm -hmm. What's um, what's next for for the guys at the Danaher Death Squad over there? I mean, ADC is a long ways out. You guys have yeah. anything in mind in between? Um, so me really, it's just uh, just taking matches with big big names and uh, making instructionals. That's really my my thing. It, Gary's uh, Gary just signed a new contract. I'm pretty sure is about to sign a new contract with one. So he's gonna start. He's gonna keep fighting. And uh, Nicky Rod, as we know, is competing left and right. As so, much as he can, it seems. Yeah. Craig's going to get back to Henzo's. Nikki, I think, is taking a break until next year. And, uh, you know, we'll see from there. Taz is teaching seminars right now. So we'll see. What's your recommendation for, for Nikki Ryan, your brother? Um, you know, he didn't quite have the showing he would have loved to, to, to have at ADCC. You know, what, what is uh, some, some of the thoughts um, you have on that? Just to compete more. You know, I mean, uh, just to get used to competing and learn the tactics and to just build his brand in general. You know, I always tell him he has to compete more. Mm. Mm. Do you think he will? We'll see. Okay, <laughs> okay on the fence. <laughs> Who knows? He's he's hard to get to. He's hard to get to listen to me. Kind of just has his own way of doing things, and I respect it. He just sure. wants to do what he wants to do, and then he does it. Sure, so. sure. He's gotten this far, I guess. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's worked well for him. It's worked well for him. 
Um, this weekend though, we got a big we got a big match right on uh, fight fight to win. Of course, a, the re- the rematch and, uh, and Kanan rematch. Yeah, yeah, the so. rematch of the over ninety nine uh, ADCC final. Uh, let's talk about that one. Of course. Nikki lost in in the final. What, what does he got to do different? Th- this yeah, time I mean, around? pretty much we had all of Kanan's best scenarios and all of Nikki Rod's worst scenarios. Nikki Rod's worst scenario is when you get to hold him in a static position from mm. his back. Um, that's Kanan's best scenario. So uh, he just has to focus on not getting, not stop, nonstop movement. Says, I would say is the key. Um, he does best when he just keeps a high pace, doesn't stop moving, doesn't get held in bad positions, and I think that's the key to victory for him. What do you think? Um, does the fight to win rule set help him? Hurt him? Or? Um, he can keep a high pace. Uh, he will go for submissions. I think Kanan is smart and plays a good tactical game, so he'll try to attack submissions early on to get points in the judges' eyes and then not really do much. I think Nikki has to be cognizant of not allowing him to get in deep on any submissions and, and playing his high-intensity game. Yeah, fight to win is really ramping up their their fall and winter schedule here. Mm. There's there's some chance you might be on the car coming up, maybe not. But you, you've been on there a couple times, though. You like a fight to win, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I fought uh, Lucas Barboza a while ago. I fought Elliot Kelly, and uh, I think I think that's it. But I definitely Nikki's I, fought I, on there too. I've done it, and I would like to do it again for sure. Gotcha. A match that we're all very excited for is coming up uh, first weekend of November. We got to get your thoughts on this one. Herbert Santos versus Nicholas Marigali. And yes. we, you've got a little bit of a history of both those guys in unique ways. Yeah. What do I, you think about that? I really like Marigali. I think uh, you know, he goes out to finish people, and you know, I respect that. Herbert, like, he's very talented, but kind of shows up where he doesn't. He's either there and he beats everybody or he just quits. So, interesting. You, uh, you've been trying to get a match with Herbert for some time. Yes, yes. What, what's the status on that? What do you think will ever happen? We even, we even had a video. Um, I, mean, I feel like yes, you remember yeah, this yeah. video he, of at the um, UAE King of Mats there, and he, call, he called you out He always for calls a match. me out, but when it's actually time to talk to the promoters and compete against me, he always just says he doesn't want to. So I told him that I would compete Gi and Nogi on the same day, back-to-back, and he just said no. So I don't know what else. That was when I was training to compete in the Gi. Okay. But, um... Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's ever going to compete against me. He just talks on the internet, but he's not really. You don't think we'll ever see it? He's not really game to compete. I don't think now. Gotcha. Okay, but I feel like a lot of people have drawn similarities between you and you and Marigali yes. a, a little bit. You know, he's he's kind of maybe the the Brazilian Gordon. Do you think there's anything to that? Yeah, I mean he he talks shit and he wins. He submits people. So I mean his his submission rate is really high, and uh, he tells everyone that he's the best. So. I mean, he's he's he's, he's a very <laughs> sounds, sounds he's like a yes. very similar version of me in the gi for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he has a very high submission uh, rate, and uh, he tells people that he's the fucking best. So, you guys are kind of a, a little bit in different worlds, but yeah, is that is that a match that would interest you? Uh, maybe eventually, maybe if we had like a gi or no gi, gi and no gi match so at some point. But do both of them? Yeah, uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, there's, been, there's been some talks of it for sure. Um, but you know nothing's set in stone. If we do a no gi match, there definitely has to be heel hooks allowed. And if we do a gi match, it definitely has to be like IBJJF rules. I'm pretty sure. So mm-hmm, we'll mm-hmm. see. What's the, uh, your official prediction for Marigali Herbert? Right. If Herbert shows up, you know, if the if the <laughs> if the badass Herbert shows uh, up, I and think the badass Marigali. I think Marigali beats him pretty easily. I think uh, Herbert's game Herbert's game is uh, stylistically doesn't match up well with Marigali. Mm. I think that uh, in what, he has, in what, he has, in what sense? Because Herbert's very good, but he's a, he's a little bit bombastic, right? Very, very. And he has he needs space. I don't know if you know this. He does has uh, submitted Marigali when uh, oh, Marigali was a brown belt. Back yeah, in the day, yeah. That, that, that's that's a long time ago. Yep, I think that yep. Marigali's uh, very good at controlling from distance, and I think that Herbert needs to 
kind of jump and explode past your guard and do very athletic movements and Marigali is very good at controlling and shutting that down so I, I see Marigali winning pretty easily mm -hmm. very technical guy Marigali love watching his jiu-jitsu uh, but you're right yeah, I feel like he does get a lot of a lot of hate a lot of um, negativity you think it's because he he just t talks a lot or he kind of calls a shot uh, Marigali or Marigali? Uh, yeah, I mean, no one likes a guy that talks shit and wins. Um, <laughs> you know that from experience. Yeah, yeah. Is that you uh, speaking from experience? Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, everyone, everyone likes to see like the guy on top fall, and Marigali is the guy on top, and he's he's very vocal about it. So mm -hmm. everyone wants to see those guys, you know, lose. Gotcha. Do you think it's necessary to have those kind of characters that that sort of um, personality in the sport? A lot, a lot talking of talking about building building the sport, building a brand. Of course, yeah, yeah. You have you know Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, McGregor, Mayweather. You, you need those guys for sure um, to you know push the sport to that next level. Mm -hmm. Is it heavy to, to wear that crown, if you will? I mean, uh, you do get a lot of heat. Oh, you yeah. seem to love it, but you, you, know, you know you know that you know that if you go out and you lose, like your the haters are always going to attack. Like you're going to get ripped apart. But I mean, that's the price you pay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, I do feel like, I don't know if this is kind of out of left field, but I, I feel like going into um, going into ADCC, it was just so it was so relevant how much I feel like you, you kind of ruffle feathers of, yes. of everybody, you know? I feel like a lot of places I go to, um, you know, one of the things that always seems to come up with kind of no matter who I'm talking to is, is your name, what, you know, in, in, in good light in, or in bad light, um, you know, I, yeah. I'm just wondering. That's what I want. I know. I, I, why, why do you think pe people seem to have such a polarizing opinion of you? Because it, it, it's so clear to me. That, like, because like, I do very well in competition, and I'm the most vocal about it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, people always want to see, I truly believe people always want to see the guy on top get knocked down. You have Mayweather on top. Mayweather's career is built on people wanting to watch him to to lose like he's 50 and 0 like if you're gonna watch him because you like him you're gonna tune in and watch if you want to watch him because you want to see him lose his first fight you're gonna tune in and watch I think uh, you know being one of the most talked about people in the sport is is what you want whether it's good or bad um, now you have to actually win matches or else everyone just thinks you're a clown you have to go out and compete and, and win and prove that you're the best but um, if you can do that I truly believe that it's it's uh, it's good for your brand and it's good for the sport as a whole too get you know eyes on it and i feel like it's some of the you know you know it's of course it is a martial art and there's a, there's a traditional sect of our community and i feel like you know a lot of them maybe criticize you for you know for fl flipping the bird or, or for coming out and saying I, i'm the best you being being a little bit you know i, I didn't flip off the crowds just so everyone's aware i flipped off the haters they hate just i the didn't haters. give the fingers to the crowd the crowd was amazing i was blowing kisses to the crowd but the haters definitely so, so, <laughs> so when, when they criticize you for that type of stuff that that doesn't bother you no of course not listen people don't understand i don't take any of this seriously like yes do i believe that the things i say yes do i believe that i'm gonna go out and double gold and crush everyone yes do i believe that i'm the best that there ever was yes i do believe that um do i believe that i'm far ahead of everyone else as far as a technical level yes i believe that but it's all just fun like i don't lose sleep over this like i can go on and have like a, a you know a war with a hater or you know anyone else online and you know talk shit back and forth it doesn't upset me like everyone gets upset like genuinely upset over these things i don't it's just it's just fun for me so the, the more upset they get is it, it the more fun it is for me <laughs> the yeah. more fun it yeah. is for you okay <laughs> the stakes only raise in one way you know they're getting pissed off and gore's having a good time yeah yeah um 
going back to pushing the sport forward, I think now is a great time to bring it back to the, the wrestling aspect and how mm. you know wrestling is a is a very defined sport with, with you know it's it's in colleges there are programs that have been around for for decades and the sport itself thousands of years old. What do you think about this crossover between jiu-jitsu and wrestling that's happening right now? I think it's great. Um, of course, you saw Nikki Rod and, Nick and Pat Downey. Yes, yes, that was really good. I think that the crossover is great because and it, it, bring, it leads to a lot of engagement because you have the diehard wrestling fans that think that jiu-jitsu guys are all pussies, and then you have the diehard jiu-jitsu fans that think that wrestlers are losers because they would just get submitted. Yeah. Um, so I, th I think it's a great crossover. Um, you know, any real athlete respects both sports. You know, wrestlers are incredibly talented in, in what they do, and they're, you know, very dominant in their domain, and as well as jiu-jitsu guys. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's fun to have that crossover where you get an audience from, from both sports. I saw Pat Downey call, calling you out a little bit. What do you yes, think of this, yeah. this feud? You got other sports now calling you out. <laughs> yeah, he, wa he wants to do, uh, he wants to do one jiu-jitsu match, um, either ADCC or submission-only rules, and uh, one freestyle wrestling match. So I'm open to doing that. I know how it's going to go. If we right. do ADCC rules, I'm just going to pull guard and heel hook him in the first 15 seconds. And if we <laughs> do a freestyle wrestling match, he's just going to tech fall me. Um, but nonetheless, pe nonetheless, people will tune in to watch, and it'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of at the end of the the, the jiu-jitsu match, he won't be able to walk. And then at the end of the wrestling match, you both of them. <laughs> yeah, just do one yes. of them first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You do the jiu-jitsu <laughs> match yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> Do you think there is a ideal rule set? I know we just talked about having that kind of combined. Uh, yeah, if you, if you had I do. I'm not sure two. what it is. I think some kind of hybrid rule set. Because um, if you do like freestyle scoring, it's not even going to be close. Like even if there's submissions, yeah. like, I could guillotine him, yeah. But like if he gets behind me, like the text come too easy. I think a hybrid rule set where it's like ADCC scoring for takedowns with submissions. You need a little bit more control on the mat to, yeah, to, to yeah. score a takedown. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, so some kind of I don't really have a. A foolproof formula for it yet but i think some kind of hybrid rule set between adcc rules and freestyle rules um would be best i think that um submissions definitely have to be incorporated mm -hmm. uh for it to be competitive i think a lot of the wrestlers maybe want like heel hooks to be kind of taken out of that yeah, maybe out, out of the mix. maybe maybe at least upper body submissions okay okay but but you open to the idea of maybe taking away those those lower body ones or? yeah yeah for sure okay for okay sure. Any uh, any wrestlers you want to face? That's, that's a nice big question, right? Who who would you want to stand across from out there? You know, of course. I you don't got... know. Um, maybe some. I was actually excited to do. Uh, I was like, I watched beat uh, beat the streets last last year, mm. and uh, I was like, man, like I want to do that next year. The so. one with Askren and, and JB. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I don't really follow too many wrestlers, but Pat Downey's a good one, and. You know, anyone else really, um, a good D1 guy or, you know, a, a Olympic level guy is going to be in a freestyle wrestling match too competitive, not competitive at all, but. Have you ever crossed paths with David Taylor? No, I feel like he's he's up there around yeah. there. Yeah, no, no, not yet. Never. Never. Okay, I feel like he'd be good, but got, of course you got Kyle Snyder. Yeah, in there he's a he's yeah, a big he's, guy. He's he's tough. <laughs> he's tough. True, very true. But uh, I would love to see I beat the streets. That'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be fun. Be yeah. good crossover for sure. Yeah, that'd be wicked cool. Um. How about anything else on, on the horizon? We talked a little bit about um, about some, some of the other things you got going on. Um, Just a big match with Adolfo and uh, a couple other matches. Gabriel Gonzaga's coming up end of the year. And I have one that I have a match that I agreed to, but it hasn't been announced yet. So gotcha. Any um, any vacation plans? The, the king gonna take take some time off here? No, no, no vacation plans. No vacation, no vacation plans. plans. <laughs> Can't do it now. He's been not. been lashing out. The guy's taking time off. Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Um, Seminars maybe somewhere. If I go to Hawaii, maybe I'll go like a day or two, a couple of days before if I'm going to compete at um, a fight to win out there. But uh, I don't really 
take vacations. When you're retired? When I'm retired, yeah. Then I'll just be like a 400-pound man, like eating mozzarella sticks on the beach somewhere. <laughs> but until then, no vacations, really. Gotcha, gotcha. Anything else, Chase? I don't know, man. I think we ran through that. We ran through the, the whole gamut. Here? Any uh, any lingering ADCC thoughts, Gordon? That we haven't touched on yet. Anything that you you feeling about the event? Or? Um, I mean, the event was great. Uh, I'm really sh I'm really pushing for uh, the super fight end of the division next year. Um, yeah, no one's ever done that. Um, I want to. Do, do, you think, do you think that's possible? I want to do the super fight, and I want to do my weight division. I don't want to just do the super fight. I feel like it's uh, it's just too easy doing one match. I want to do you know, my division as well prepare two years for for one match right it's a long time yeah but you, have you talked to mo about that yeah he's trying to do some other stuff first get approved to do some other stuff and then uh he's gonna try to talk to them about me doing me doing both so we'll see so it's the, a possibility huh? yeah the, the main thing is they're worried about me getting injured obviously and not being able to do the super fight yeah um, yep. but i want to do both i definitely want to do both Gotcha. No matter what, try to do both. Um, you know, a lot of rumors swirling. We still don't know exactly where it's going to be. Sounds like it's going to be in the United States yes. in 2021. So you know, a couple, couple of cities being being thrown around, it sounds like. Um, but I don't know. What are your expectations for 2021, you know? It's going to be the biggest one uh, ever, for sure. Uh, you know, Mo got it two years in a row, and knowing Mo, he's going to make – this was like a, a just trial run for what he could do. And then <laughs> the next one with him and Seth and, uh, and Flo is going to be – it's gonna be big. It's gonna be the biggest one for sure. Nice. We've got a good question here oh, from yeah, let's uh, do some music editor in chief here from Hal Teague. Hit me up. He says that. Uh, and I'm gonna ask you, Gordon. What do you think about our our place right now and the evolution of, of jujitsu technique? And you've even mentioned in the past that people are, are winning matches without even doing jujitsu. Like, where does the sport stand for you? I think is, is the question. Um, Can we go further? I'm trying. What me and my team are trying to do is to get jujitsu back to the martial arts roots. I feel like. At what everyone does currently is they just try to win or to not lose a match. Um, I feel like everyone just tries to play a tactical game where they score points, they get ahead, and then they just try to run the clock out. Um, you know, we're trying to take it back to the martial art where um, we're looking to go in and and finish people. Everyone got into jitu for 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 one thing and that was to control people and submit them if you just wanted to control people you should just wrestle mm. but the, the whole reason why we got into jiu-jitsu was to be able to control human beings and to work our way to submissions so you know that's what the essence of our of our team is and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to um you know get it get the sport to to a place where everyone's going out and ruthlessly hunting for submissions um you know, and that's what the that's what the fans want to see. They mm -hmm. want to see movement. They want to see exciting matches, and they want to ultimately see submissions because submissions essentially are are our forms of knockouts for boxing. Oh, you know, KOs and, and submissions are the most exciting part. The most yeah. exciting part, exactly. I feel yeah. like listening uh, to you talk about that reminds me a lot of Marcelo Garcia talking. This is a lot of the same stuff that I think Marcelo uh, preaches a, a lot of in when I do interviews with him as well. He's he's all about you know. Even if there's no points, you should be attacking and yep. trying to submit. Like Hodger too. Hodger, same thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. All the greats. All the you know, look at Marcel. Look at Mar uh, Hodger. Um, you know, look at Braulio. The, those are guys that you know are all considered some of the best of all time, and all go out there to finish people. So I mean, that's that's what we we want to do. We want to go out. We want to finish people. You talked to Hodger at all uh, since you won? Um, no, I haven't spoken to him. Um, and everyone's calling for a match between me and Hodger, but. You know, Hodger's retired. Hodger can do whatever he wants. If Hodger wants to come back and have a match with me, I'll be more than happy to have a match with Hodger. Um, if Hodger wants to stay retired and you know come train at Henzo's because he he trains there, you know, relatively often. I've never trained with him, but um, you know that would be fine too. 
um Hodger's the best ever, so he can do whatever the fuck Hodger wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's clear you, you revere him um, so highly, so that'd yeah. be a cool one. Yeah. But. Anyone anyone who goes out to submit people mm -hmm. and tries to do jiu-jitsu, I have a lot of respect for. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. What do you think about um, upcoming trends? You know, we're always trying to be ahead of the curve here at Flow Grappling, and we saw wrestling up being a, yeah. a big thing so, this year. Uh, next ADCC is going to be a bunch of wrestlers. I think that <laughs> they saw a high school level wrestler, Nikki Rod, come out and almost win the most prestigious tournament in grappling. And there's going to be a bunch of freestyle wrestlers that are going to come in and, and try to do that. So, you know, our job is to um, submit them. Is to, is, <laughs> is, to, is to not wrestle wrestlers, it's to submit wrestlers to use submission wrestling and not just wrestling so we'll see evolution maybe in the guillotine department even further or yeah just just in the in evolution in the the compromise between standing and ground technique uh, everyone right now just does jujitsu and then wrestling on the feet but no one does a combination of jujitsu submission wrestling top to bottom bottom to top got it so we'll have a fully integrated stand standing game with yeah. submission game yeah, of course. Do you expect those wrestlers to do well? You think I, I agree. There's gonna be a flood of wrestlers, right? If, if, a, if a freestyle wrestler, like uh, for example, if Kyle Schneider just came in and competed at the uh, minus ninety nine, for example, without doing any jiu-jitsu, he would get crushed. Like if I competed against Kyle Schneider, I would just pull guard and immediately heel hook him. Like it wouldn't be competitive at at all. But if you give like one of those guys like a year of training and they understand what the rules are tactically and they understand what the you know how to avoid submissions, because they're not gonna. A guy like Kyle, Kyle Schneider is not going to come in and be submitting someone, yeah, yeah. be submitting all these guys in a year. That takes a long time. But to avoid submissions, you know, people can do that pretty easily. Um, the hardest thing for wrestlers to learn is how to go in and how to control and finish people. That's the hardest thing. To submit, you know, a world-level black belt who's highly resistant and intelligent, um, everything has to be precise. Yeah, it's not just, um, you can't just grab their neck. and Yeah, it, but, but, the, <laughs> but the push, to push out, you know, pull and push out of submissions and, you know, avoid... Yeah, uh, uh, you know, engagement and then use the overtime rounds to win is, is relatively easy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very nice. Sick. I can't wait for ACC twenty twenty one. I'm like, I'm so, I'm, I'm so sad, but I'm like so excited at the same time. But I'm just so sad that it's over and we ha and we have to wait another two years for ACC twenty one. I know, but you know, <laughs> it's depressing. It's, it makes it so much better though because when the event actually comes like you're like all right it's it's it, finally here it felt it felt yeah. like that that um saturday morning you know and it was like kind of like 9 30 and you could see people milling around the back like everybody was like let's mm. go let's get this yeah. thing going like they were like everybody was like ready they're like we've been waiting for two years to step on these mats like you know it, it didn't start as a slow burn like people were no, yeah, everyone was jacked pumped. right off the bat yeah. <laughs> it was like 9 30 a.m and like the thing like the venue was already packed so yeah it was uh it was an event for sure wow what a special event we got one more fan question here it. i think that should be uh, worth asking here have you ever met another teacher that is as technical and, and good as john danaher is any uh like literally not even close like in the same <laughs> universe like the way that John explained things uh, explains things is just you, you wouldn't. I could tell you how good it is, but you wouldn't believe me. Like you would, it's it's better than what I lead on to be. Um, you know, most people ask me like, "How do you do it?" Like, mm. it's John. Like people don't understand. Like John is the reason why I I win the things that I do, um, and I fully believe that. Wow, wow. You think uh, um, if you didn't meet John, um, would I be? Would I win ADCC? Maybe what I've double golded this year, uh, maybe, um, you know, just based on my, you know, worth, uh, work, uh, ethic alone. But, uh, would I be this dominant, uh, as a Nogi grappler overall? Absolutely not. Um, 
I wouldn't be going out and I wouldn't be, you know, hitting six out of eight submissions. No, no way. Mm -hmm. um, could I have won for sure? But I wouldn't. I wouldn't be who who I am now and be this dominant against other world level guys. N no, no, no chance. Is John already studying for 2021? Oh yeah, he's got a whole plan. He's got a whole plan already. He's, he's already, already got a plan. He's already, he's already, he's already <laughs> talked to us about it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> do you uh, do you have any ambition on your of your own to become a teacher like that one day? Um, to own a school, I'm not really sure. So my plan is to be so rich that I don't have to do rely on a school for income. Um, now when I retire, that being said, will I? open a school and I'm not really sure if I if I if I do open a school I'm going to be I have to be a hundred percent committed to my students like John is or else I just like feel guilty that mm -hmm. I'm not like doing everything I can to help them succeed but I'm not sure I want to invest all of my time once I retire into jiu-jitsu like I just did jiu-jitsu for you know 20 years let's say and then I have to Every invest <laughs> and invest the rest of my life into making students better um so I might just continue to do dvds and help people like that or maybe I'll retire and I'll you know do you know whatever I'm going to do when I retire for a couple of years, and I'm like, wow, this is boring. I'm missing something, and then I'll just be stuck to I'll just be stuck with jujitsu, and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to open a school and focus on making people better and, and helping people become you know successful competitors. So I'm not really sure yet. That's you know 15 years down the line. So you know we'll we'll see when we get there. Gotcha. I know we're talking a lot of hypotheticals about the future, but I also did want to ask about MMA question mark yeah is that so? um so definitely uh definitely still considering that um right now i'm just so so pumped and focused on the hadolfo match like these next you know big matches coming up um i stopped uh training for a while for the adcc camp well for initially it hurt my leg and then we had the adcc camp so i was just focusing on that and now i'm just focusing on hadolfo um so we'll see where we go after that gotcha gotcha a lot of things moving around yeah but but MMA is still yeah of interest yeah of course okay yeah. Yeah, always, always of interest. Yeah, as a one of the leading Americans here in jiu-jitsu, how long do you think it is until uh, a truly universal sport? Right now, it's still pretty much dominated by by the Brazilians, but it's changing slowly as it becomes more of an international sport. What what's coming next? Yeah. So, my honest opinion is that in the next one to two decades, um, like all the countries like Russia and Iran, like all the wrestling countries. I think are going to come in and be dominant forces mm -hmm. in jiu-jitsu. I think that, uh, you know, they're typically much harder workers than most of the people in our sport. Like, they don't take vacations. They don't, you know, chill out on the beach and just relax for a, a large, you know, portion of the time. They're in the gym and training intelligently every day. So the second that, that those countries like Iran and Dagestan and, uh, you know, all those guys over there start to take – if they do start to take this sport seriously, it's going to be an issue. Like, look at Rustam. Like, Rustam is like a full time, like has like a full time job. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. And like medals at ADCC frequently. Like, if you have like a team of people doing that from over there, it's going to be it's going to be an issue. Yeah, I totally agree. Once you see a lot of those Eastern European countries put on a gi or, or get a little bit yeah. more um, well versed in, in some of those positions, um, those guys could be a problem. You mentioned a decade or two. That's that's a long ways off, I would say. It's a whole yeah. two or three generations of athletes coming through. Yeah. Right now, I think it's going to be between uh, you know America and Brazil and Australia's coming up. But I think the next 10 to 15 years is going to be, you know, like you said, all those Eastern European people coming in. And uh, it's going to be a lot more diverse for sure. Um, but, you know, the Brazilians have so much of a head start 
is the thing like yeah. they've all been training you know since they're five years old like I've only been training eight and a half years. Like they Joao, know the process too, yeah. like generation after generation. Yeah, of course. Like Joao Roche has been training like since he's two years old, and he's like twenty eight. Like he's been training his like literally his entire life, like mm -hmm. twenty five years. Um, so just having the huge head start and just the overall mat time makes a big difference. But I think it's going to become more competitive as people start to approach the sport more, more scientifically, and people start to uh, progress much faster than they used to. So even though, let's say someone has 100 hours of mat time and I only have 75 hours of mat time, I'm approaching the sport much more intelligently and my progression's faster. That's going to be, that's going to be, uh, you know, the next big thing is to, is to change the sport, um, mm -hmm. you know, change the outlook on how, how to teach, how to learn, uh, and how to compete. Fun times in jiu-jitsu, huh? Seems like it's all rapidly changing as, as we go, you know, more and more, so... A lot of fun. You got any more plans for um, for uh, while you're in Austin? You're just you're seeing it now. You're leaving tomorrow, or no? Uh, I'm just trying to digest this food right now. I'm like burping <laughs> the whole podcast. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like I have food like still right here. I'm like trying to like burp and drink this water. Chase was trying to keep up with with Gordon. At, at I thought I had it. Then the second plate came out. I was like, oh no. I like plan to like. Oh, I got like these like little sliders with like pork roll on them, and I was like, and I got a BLT, and I was planning to take one of them home, but I just ended up eating like three full sliders, like two <laughs> orders of French fries, and a BLT. And then we got back. I had like a coffee, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to do this podcast?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." It's like all the food's sitting right here. I'm like trying to talk. I'm like trying not to burp at the same time. It was just awful. So I'm like trying great. to like trying to drink the water and like burp it up like as they're talking. Um, so, but uh, it was it was it was good food as always in Texas. Every yeah. every time I come to Texas, everyone's like everyone's like you gotta go out to eat at this place. You gotta eat at that place. Let me take you to eat. I'm like, is that all you guys do here? It is. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, so for Austin right now, it's like trying to stay awake and digest this food and then uh <laughs> later today maybe go eat some more dinner somewhere i don't know if someone recommends me some place to eat and then uh i have a 6 a.m flight so i can't be can't gotcha. do anything too crazy um and then it's back to new york for training so so you just that's what you need to do chase two meals two meals at, at, at every every meal yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I look like yep. Chase is trying to get bigger. Perfect. You gotta eat more. To gotta eat up. big to get big. Ask any bodybuilder. You gotta eat big to get big. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I think that's about it for us here on Fistful of Collars. All right, Gordon. Thanks so much for for coming in and, and talking with us. Um, it was great to debrief about ADCC yeah. with with the guy. Who, it was a good weekend. Yeah, yeah. With the guy who ran the tournament and uh, accomplished so much out there. Congratulations again, man, on, on on the double gold. Um, just incredible, incredible to watch you for sure. And um, Chase, any anything? Nah, man. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, yeah. We'll let you finish digesting that food. <laughs> we'll get we'll out of here. Get on out of here. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.